Hey everybody, welcome to Literary Disco on Lit Hub Radio, episode 171, Choose Your Own Houdini. Today, in another departure from our Middle March read, we will discuss one of the brand new Choose Your Own Adventure books, which, unlike the beloved books from the 80s, the new Choose Your Own Adventure novels are based on the lives of historical figures, except that they are all spies. And we today we'll be talking about the most famous magician of all time as we delve into Choose Your Own Adventure, Spies, Harry Houdini by Catherine Factor. This is Literary Disco, the last book club you'll ever need, where Todd, Julia, and Ryder, three old friends who love to read, debate, and sometimes even agree. I am actor and filmmaker Ryder Strong. Joining me, as always, are novelist and critic Todd Goldberg and essayist and radio personality Julia Pistel. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey. This is actually our second Choose Your Own Adventure book. I know. We're running out of ideas, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Well, the first one we read before we had good mics. (laughs) It was a really long time ago. Yeah, it was one of our earliest episodes. I want to say it was like within the first 20 or so. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was like Obama had just been elected. And it it was also a spy Choose Your Own Adventure, right? Codename Jonah. Yeah, I think it was the first my one. My codename is Jonah, right? It was all. It was the first yeah. one. Okay, but it was all whales and uh, spies. It was very, very <laughs> 1980s. I remember it was like Save the Whales, and yeah, it was cool. Russian. Well, it had a lot of. It had a lot of. I think um, reality-based situations, not unlike the one we're going to read now. <laughs> um, so I should say the the good people at Choose Your Own Adventure reached out to us and said they're big fans of the show. And that they've got this new line of books and they'd love to send us some. And so they sent us a couple of them. Uh, <laughs> Harry Houdini being being one. And, and again, I had the sort of, I don't know why I thought this. I had the thought that, oh, these are for adults. What? They're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They uh, are, well, they are who, not. Who, who is this for, <laughs> you think? I'm, I'm very curious though. <laughs> I was trying to wrap my head around. Uh... I presume people bring. No, <laughs> you guys. Okay, I'm gonna. I. This is oh gonna be God. good. I, I'm the same way, man. I, I was. I was astounded. <laughs> this was. This was way worse than Codename Jonah. Whatever we read. That, whatever that. That one we read before was like kind of quaint and and hokey. This is. This is just truly bizarre. It's and insane. Melting. Um. <laughs> It's but I don't insane. think insane is bad. Okay, I think I this is think... for nine-year-olds. No, it's just ish. Yeah, it's clearly for a, a nine or ten-year-old. But I just got to tell you, it is absolutely bonkers. page by page bonkers. So I, yeah, the whole the whole experience of reading this was like, oh, this is cute. It's for it's for nine-year-old boys. Oh no, wait, this is this is for somebody who's like on a meth binge and just like. <laughs> Like just randomly wants to hear about lobster men and sword swallowers and Russian spies, so, along with German history. My question for you guys: and then it, it reached, and then I kind of started to admire it, and it became like this really cool postmodern vision of like because I got you kept getting these little factoids. I'd be like, "Well, that really did happen to Houdini, right?" So, so it's all here this was my weird, experience. Like, acid trip experience by the end. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> my first, the first thing that happened to me was I basically immediately got eaten by hobos. Okay, that was <laughs> <laughs> five minutes in. Hobos are over me in my train car with knives. 
Uh, and then the second thing. Before we move on from the hobos, hold on. Before we move on from the hobos, could you do you guys mind turning to the hobo illustration on page? Oh my god, it's so crazy. Now here's bizarre. Look at the hobos. They are 115. Now the hobos are clearly 1970s hobos. He one of them is wearing aviator glasses. What is happening? We're supposed to be in 1899. We're the turn of the century. Why are these guys looking like it's drunks from a nineteen from like a Clint Eastwood nineteen seventies movie? It's so weird. One is wearing aviator glasses, but one is also, I think, former American president Grover <laughs> Cleveland. Oh, um, I, I really think the illustrator didn't know what time period they were like. Draw some hobos. <laughs> Just true. But I mean, oh. it's always a bad sign and choose your own adventure when you're on page like 22 and then it's like turn to page 113. You're like, uh oh. Right, you're like, oh shit, oh, I'm oh, dead. Shit. <laughs> but anyway, then the second, then I was like, okay, I'm down for the ride. And then I went back and made a different choice. And then very quickly, I suddenly had the jarring experience of dying how he really died. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't oh, get that one. I mean, you have to know how he really died, which is he got punched in the stomach. Yeah. Punched in the stomach. Yeah. Uh, right. You never got there? So I did you get ever get one, to no. the after-death experience? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, Todd, you must have missed. Yeah. There's like two afterlife experiences. <laughs> there's, there's, yes, I got to one, I got to one oh, afterlife the, experience, and I got to one where he's being conjured back to life yeah. by... Some gypsy yeah. woman. Um, a lot of the ones that I, I well, so I read, you know, as many as I possibly could before I descended into madness. Um, and there's uh, there's a surprising number where you don't die violently. You just die of shame. Yes! <laughs> just like, you are so embarrassed. You die of shame. It's like, yeah. oh. I was like, I don't need that. I don't need to be told that I'm a failure. Oh, and that's, that's the one where you're, you're you're pretending to be a savage, and which is an insult to indigenous people. The, the book is is short. Oh, a lot to, of insults. Uh, insert in there. That's, there's a lot of. Let's let's back up for just a moment and explain the the setup. So the setup is that Houdini is doing his Houdini stuff, and he's arrested in Chicago. A town he loves because of the World's Fair and their active magic carny scene. And uh, the cops arrest him. They, uh, and by the way, it's a completely trumped up arrest. It is a violation of his civil rights <laughs> yeah. from Jump yes. Street. Um, he's thrown into a cell and he's given the choice of do you take a job and this is where it gets a little hazy about the actual American government, but we'll go with it. Working for the Secret Service, which is not a spy agency, as a spy. And part of your spying, it, it, you could go overseas, it's just the United States, there's a whole bunch of different stuff. Or you waste away and die in jail. Like, those, those are the two primary options. Then there's a couple other options of what you can do once you become a spy. You can either go to Coney Island where you'll learn how to snitch yeah, on your I friends. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you can go to San Francisco, or you can go overseas, um, or you can decide, fuck all this. I'm busting out of this prison. I'm fucking Houdini. And that doesn't work out. 
That's a I mean, does any of it really work out? Like, because the the, no. the the whole <laughs> Secret Service being a spy thing never pans out in any storyline. As far I mean, you're because you're, no. because what immediately happens is you get enlisted by other agencies or other countries. Like that keeps happening. Right. I kept getting enlisted by Germany, then Russia, uh, <laughs> or even even another agency within the United. Or you get like gamblers, and you become part of a gambling ring in one. Like right. A gambling ring yeah. on a train. Like you never a successful <laughs> spy. I guess there's the one version where you get in you end up in a factory, a munitions factory in Germany. That's somewhat of a success. <laughs> yeah, that I was like, oh, so who do you need But each each turn I just well, here's what's really bizarre and, and, and what was lacking for me which was which was in the uh, the old school Coherence to narrative reality. Coherence to a narrative reality. But actually that that is fine. Like but any sort of values. There's like no value system. Like you're not no, sure. Like, 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 because you you keep saying things like, well, you really love being famous, so you're just gonna go be a performer. And you're like, really? Okay, so I is the goal to get back to stage? And then other times you're like, ah, you never really liked being a magician anyway. So now you're and you're like, wait a minute. Like, and then you don't like be. You're never on the right side. You're never doing things for justice or being a villain. It's just a like complete chaos it's well it's that's really bad it's very hard to write these things i mean when <laughs> the reason yes. i immediately agreed to read this um with wild enthusiasm is i want to see how you deal with a real person <laughs> uh right. And sort of enjoy it and have fun with it but and also like work in some real stuff um, but also it, it doesn't make sense in the way that you're talking about, Ryder, because you can't follow any true, uh, emotional plot once you've made all these decisions, right? So like a no. classic choice here we have on page 52, do you leave America in hopes of world recognition? If so, turn to page 46, or do you stay in America <laughs> where you're already famous? That would be two entirely different people <laughs> you know like right. these aren't right. choices of that are random they're they're you know this is a real person's point of view over his lifetime right. so once they, right. they try to you know save some pages and loop back into other <laughs> narratives um it just doesn't make any sense which is fine some of my some of my favorite bits, though, were when I just decided, well, I'm going to take the sort of fuck it oh, point yeah. of view, and I'm going to be a bad man. Uh, and then, like, all of a sudden you find out, oh, but we're conjuring your, your dead father on a Ouija board, and he's a rabbi, and he thinks <laughs> you're a shitty Jew, and now you got to go back to the Midwest and die of yeah, sadness, just becomes a locksmith. you horrible fucking so Jew. <laughs> Yeah, be a locksmith. You're gonna die, die a, a sad Jew locksmith. Like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> what? What is happening here? But I do Little. think. I mean, I, what, what's interesting though is like having gone, you know, read. I think most of all the endings. Like, you do, you do gain facts about his life. Like, yeah. But you know, which he, he really one? was the whole the whole seance like medium thing was yeah. like, true to his life because that you know he was big outspoken. I think that was the only happy ending that I found like a really happy ending was when he you know reveals the frauds uh, you know seances for being frauds and goes around and, and that, oh and that's where he dies in the actual way Houdini died. That's right. So I think that is the closest coherent. Um, and then I, I'm assuming that the best 
his assistant his wife is is a real person is that really his partner in life anybody know i don't know i, don't know. I, I, I wonder if like a nine-year-old reading this would walk away being like oh, okay i know some things about houdini now no there's only two possible there's... paths for that nine-year-old okay one the nine-year-old <laughs> thinks everything is true and has a lot of right. problems <laughs> Or right. thinks that it's all fictional and then has that weird, jarring reality 20 years later when they read right. that one real fact was true <laughs> and then their whole life right. will be called into question. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> what about, there's also a very strange one uh, where Houdini becomes Amelia Earhart. Uh, Wait, what? I missed did I you know. not after the one no. where, where it's on page ninety two and ninety three? We're close reading. Um, uh, Harry, we need you on a secret campaign to promote the use of airplanes for defense. Wilkie explains, "You are eager for the assignment to be one of the world's first pilots. <laughs> you are sent on another covert mission to Australia." A voice and plane is built for you. Everyone believes you are there to become the first person to fly in Australia. Your time down under proves you to be a skilled pilot. Yet, you crash and survive. <laughs> you are truly a Superman. The end. <laughs> That's an ending. The end. That is, that's really bizarre. Um, the one that was really weird to me is where... The one. What is this one? I'm just going to read it because you're, you're in a... You end up in Egypt, right? You end up in the some ancient oh, yeah, underground. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah, my this favorite one too. And 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 you have the choice of either taking a scroll and reading it, um, or not, and leaving it alone. And if you take the scroll, you get killed by mummies because uh, it's a curse. And then right. the alternative ending, if you decide not to take the scroll, goes like this. You are so inspired by the library, but do not want to invoke a curse by meddling. In the fullness of time, you amass an extensive collection of magic history, posters, ephemera, theater books. These you use in your own writing and articles. You are always learning. Your prized possession is a collection of Weird Tales magazines, which include the story <laughs> Under the Pyramids by H.P. Lovecraft. Your ghostwriter? What is that? Which came out... 50 years after your death. I don't know what's... But what does it mean if Lovecraft is your ghostwriter? It tells the tale of a man named Houdini who is captured and has to escape monsters under the Sphinx. Houdini does, of course, but insists it was all a dream. Or was it the end? What is going on there? Like, I mean, is that a reference to something I sh I'm missing? Like, I'm just no. going to Google right now. There has to be something... <laughs> right? I mean, there I has to be something. I've been Google while we've been talking. I have so many questions. I feel like every single ending leads to a Google, um, uh -huh. which perhaps makes this very educational. Um, but a lot of the endings, I feel like, could be a whole other book. Um, where was the one I was just looking at? Yeah. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> um. Oh no! Imprisoned with the Pharaohs is a short story written by American fantasy author H.P. Lovecraft in, collabor in collaboration with Harry Houdini in February 1924. I knew it had to be just oh so God. weird. Yeah, it, it, it was published in Weird <laughs> Tales. I'm, uh, that's so crazy in 1924. All right. So yeah. I was wondering. It was like, why would? So that's again one of those bizarre factoids, sort of implanted into. Yeah. So, like you said, Julie, it's going to be like mind bending for some kid to realize like later on in life oh wait i knew this weird thing about wait, houdini writer so, google okay, harry so, houdini australia plane crash 
So, in the back of the book, there are some factoids. I don't know if you guys read nope. this. Harry also became a pilot, flying a French biplane in Germany. He went to Australia, hoping to be the first person in Australia to fly a plane. He was not. But his fame got him credit for it, and for many years, he was falsely known as the first to fly in Australia. So the what, way this book is, was composed then yeah. was the person took a lot of drugs and <laughs> went, to, went Wikipedia. to Wikipedia, printed out all the factoids, and then took a, a, a darts and started throwing them, <laughs> making up stories in order to connect in the order of the darts being thrown. It is so bizarre. Yeah, I think uh, there's but I, a I, lot I, more oh, real God. stuff in here than it feels like there is. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There must be, or at least rumors, oh especially the endings that are like oddly inconclusive. Um, uh, Bess was in fact his okay, wife. I figured that. Yeah. 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 You decide the only way to get ahead of all the imposters and competition is to publish a catalog revealing all the secrets to your tricks. Uh, you ignore them and publish a book called My Master Secrets, burning the ground. For any future magician to replicate the magic, you hate copycats. The end. So that's obviously not a death, but it's just a probably a random real anecdote that is now right. an ending. So I would right. bet most of the endings are true, um, especially the afterlife one, <laughs> <laughs> where he joins the the club of celebrity ghosts trying to get back to the yeah. to, to the real life. <laughs> yeah, well, Whitman's there. I was yeah. really on board with that as a way to do choose your own adventure about a real person. Um, I mm. thought it was really funny uh, and ridiculously stupid in a positive way. <laughs> I I do like the drawings also of the women of the 1890s who look suspiciously like Giselle <laughs> Bündchen. <laughs> like, like the snake charmer on page 29. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot happening here. I don't know, guys. I'm kind of loving the book now. I I knew it. I feel like we've come full circle, and now I'm like a a fan. I'm a real fan. I don't. So there's a couple moral issues I don't like. Uh, That they want you to go snitch on the carnies at Coney Island. I think that's wrong. Like you're going to spy on your friends and then snitch them out for being carnies. There's the burning a man to death. Did you? Did you? Wait, guys, hold on. Where did um, you burn a man to death? I don't remember that. I missed that one. When there's the fire inside the theater and the guy's stuck in the box. No, I missed that completely. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a burning a man to death. Did you guys use your pen to figure out the secret message contained in the poster? Yes. No. Yes, that was fun. I did too. Hold on, I'll show, you. I'll show you the secret page. Secret codes. Let's see here. Secret code. It's so secret, it's written all in bold. <laughs> <laughs> this is on page 18. You can see my handiwork, so I'll, maybe we'll text a photo of this to the Facebook oh page. Oh, my God. The secret message was, Beck, send Houdini, will trap him. Now. Now. <laughs> oh that's great exclamation yeah, totally point that. you gotta put the exclamation point or else Beck won't know what's happening but yeah you weren't actually <laughs> if I recall this I think this is how I got eaten by hobos 
Uh, you weren't actually supposed to do much with that message. If you did, you were punished with death. It was right. sad. So if you choose to stick with your plan to trap Beck in the box, which I did, that leads to the fire <laughs> and the... And kills uh, Beck. And the, the theater is overtaking faster than you have thought possible. You may not have time to free Beck and save yourself. I don't think you do. I think you die in a fire. So I don't think, like, I don't think I would want my son to read this book, though. Why? Too violent? <laughs> like, I think it would just be so confusing. Like, I'd rather, I don't know. I, 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 I like the idea of a choose-your-own-adventure, and I'm sure, but for some reason, blending real true, like, real facts with these absurd storylines just doesn't, I don't know, I mean... So, are you, do you mean to tell me that when Houdini died, his friends didn't gather his ashes, cursing Beck and vowing you are not really gone? And then there's an all-knowing fortune teller and a full moon. That didn't it's happen. So bizarre. I yeah, know. I it's, just, this is the way I feel. I'm sure I'm about to really upset some listeners, but I don't care because I am passionate about it. About The Greatest Showman, which is just, have you guys seen that movie? No, I never saw it. No. All right. So it's a musical. Yeah, it's a musical starring Hugh Jackman, which is fine. I'm not against that. Um, About P.T. Barnum, who is truly one of the most important and interesting and weird figures in American history, who I happen to know a lot about because he's from around here um, and was friends with Mark Twain. So I know about him through that. But this movie just like it strips away everything interesting and makes it a much more like wild, still kind of empowering. The music's appealing tale, but I'm like, I'm so angry that the real story of PT Barnum (laughs) will now forever be entwined with this movie that I just, I am horrified. Um, Because, The real the person way, is so Why does Houdini need to be a spy? Like, why does why does being a spy for the Secret Service? Like, Houdini is pretty <laughs> damn interesting, you know? Like, he did a lot, and they're, they're, I don't know. I, I feel like they're, yeah, I, I don't quite so, get the... So just so I'm clear, you guys are basically saying this is like the help. <laughs> a... <laughs> I think that was complicated for other reasons. Uh, civil rights I... porn. <laughs> Yeah, I never saw that movie, and I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> you didn't read the, the the book that also would have had every single person in it murdered by the I man. truly didn't. Um, way to make this episode even worse, Todd. <laughs> um, I mean, I think Spy is an awesome point of view for Choose Your Own Adventure. It's so active. It's so intriguing and has big consequences but yeah inserting a real person into that narrative oh boy i don't know it's weird yeah it's very strange (laughs) i guess it's just the mechanism to get to cover all the different places and experiences that that houdini had you know to try and insert them all but so here's the other thing though is like when i was a kid i was deeply into houdini because they used to play that movie like over and over and over again, like on Saturday mornings, the movie starring uh, Tony oh, Curtis. I've never seen it. Oh yeah, it's a classic old movie. I mean, I don't even know if it's any good, but they used to play it a lot. And then you know, like in the in 
the the bookmobile or whatever they come yeah. by in elementary school. They're always oh, the, yeah. like, the illustrated story of Houdini or whatever. But that was that was like forty five years ago. <laughs> are, does a ten year old care about yeah. Houdini? Yes, are, are they you like kidding? I'm all about that David? No, Blaine. no, no, no. Houdini. I think Houdini <laughs> is still considered like super cool. Yeah, because he was the he was like the original. He's like the you know the most respected. Uh, I don't know. And he's just badass. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not dogging out the man. <laughs> Let me explain. Uh, so, about so his cultural I was relevance. talking about him to my son and my son could not believe the stories I was telling him. I was like, yeah, he used to get out of like straight jackets by dislocating the shoulder. And my son was like, what? What does that mean? So we sat there and I explained shoulder, shoulder dislocations. And, and uh, you know, but my son is really into magic. Like at five already, he loves the idea of tricking people. And so I think, yeah, magic is always has a huge appeal for, for kids. And um, you're going to you're going to wake up one morning to the sound of him screaming. Uh-huh. And one arm is going to be I down by his ankle. You're like, I tried to get out of a straight jacket. I mean, uh, here's the other thing. Um, when we were generously sent these books, we were sent another one um, about someone I've never heard of, Nor Anayat Khan. Yeah. Um, and my daughter immediately stole this book and has been holding it around. And I'm like, I'm super not mad that she's like even two-year-old level curious about a real cool spy, a uh, woman spy. There's a tiger on the cover. There's the Eiffel Tower. I don't even know what's going on with this, but like, I would be there's happy a, if she would get it. All right. Yeah, I've never heard of Britain's this woman. first Muslim um, war heroine and the first female radio oper- operator to NC Nazi-occupied Nazi France. That's oh, cool. Maybe this would have less of the Jewish guilt of the Houdini book. <laughs> <laughs> Your Jewish father has come back from the grave to say you're a on the family. Go back to fucking Wisconsin and figure out how to make locks, you prick. <laughs> Alright, well, I think we'll leave it there. That's, uh, that's a good good place. I, hey, look, Ryder, I want you to report back. How old are you now? Yeah. Five? Yeah, report back in five years. I'll, le- I'll, I'll keep this book around, and uh, I'll, I'll see if he is into it. I mean, he's probably going to be into Choose Your Own Adventures. I think every kid, if they know about Choose Your Own Adventures, definitely gets goes through a phase, right? I mean, right. This is fun. Yeah. This is I mean, fun. The, I mean, we talked about this the first time we talked about this, which is that the, the amazing thing about Choose Your Own Adventure books, particularly for creative people like, like all three of us were when we were little kids, is that it actually puts yeah. you in the story. Yeah. You know, that, that second person you voice is an extraordinarily compelling thing for a little kid to experience and to imagine. And then you have to make these sort of complex decisions like, hey, do I snitch out my carny <laughs> friends or do I let that guy die in a, a burning box? Um, and so that's that's super fun and cool when you're a little kid. Obviously, these books aren't written for uh, cynical uh, 49-year-old crime writers. <laughs> but... <laughs> Where I think they totally mislabel the cops. And, uh, <laughs> the Chicago cops are, are notoriously corrupt, however. Um, but I mean, this book is probably the great. Like, when if you read this book when you were eight years old, it'd be the best damn thing you've ever read Can in your you, entire yeah, life. Exactly. Imagine magician. wandering into your parents' room and being like, Mommy, 
what's a hobo? Daddy, after I die, do I have to choose a totem object to be resurrected with? Like, what the hell? It's, it's so funny. Mommy, I just locked Dakota in a box and set his house on fire. Should I get him or should I steal his shit and try to perform at the Orpheum later? Those are the choices I've placed in front of me. I think they're pure joy, honestly. Pure stupid joy. I was... This morning, I uh, I woke up and Wendy and I were talking and she was saying, oh, I had a hard time falling asleep last night. I was like, no, you were asleep when I was in bed. And she's like, no, no, I was awake because you were up reading a choose your own adventure. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, it's gotten to this part of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Literary boy. Disco is produced and edited by Justin Alvarez for Lit Hub Radio. You can reach out to us directly on Twitter at Literary Disco. Happy reading, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah.